Oh, hey, uh, this is episode 309. Uh, this week we have something that didn't arrive in the message center, but we all talked about it. Copilot became generally available. Um, what else have we got? Okay, let's go with the stream uh, update there. I think that's quite interesting as a headline. Collaborative notes coming to uh, to stream Teams meeting recording. So nice to see it shifting there too. Uh, and uh, some out-of-box new library templates for document libraries. Let's do this. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, episode 309, and mm -hmm. there's been uh, plenty of good news. Uh, Daniel, you've come back from uh, Educon in Chicago. How was it? It was fantastic. I uh, met some of our show watchers and listeners, so hello. Uh, it, was, um, it was a great time, and found some new people to watch the show. So welcome, newcomers. Uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Uh, so, what did you do? How did you incentivize them this time and rope them in? Well, of course, I just gave them stickers, limited edition stickers. And it works. Yeah, they were limited edition. Sparkly ones and ones that I call Midnight Holographic. So, yeah. Yes, spiffy. So if you come see me at a conference, the next one up is at ESPC. You come see me and you say, hey, Daniel, do you have any of those limited edition stickers? then you can have one mm. unless I run out. So you better see me on the first day. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, had a great time. Uh, loved talking to people about all the new stuff that's coming and some of the stuff that's already there that we weren't even told about. So we'll talk about those uh, <laughs> today as well. So, um, well, that's the best part yeah. of being a part of a community and social conversations that, see, there is still value in being on these platforms to talk about stuff that's and right. learn and hear what's happening. While you're here, um, you know where to follow us. We're at 365MCS on all the socials that matter. That's the phrase, isn't mm -hmm. it, Daniel? That is. All the socials that matter? That's all yep. of them. Mm -hmm. And so like and, and subscribe. Don't, don't worry about smashing stuff because we're not we're not a violent crowd we just we just really enthusiastically want you to to follow and and comment and yeah. engage in those kinds of conversations that we have a absolutely and if in, you're you know encouraging your coworkers to stay on top of what's going on uh, make sure they subscribe too uh, we greatly appreciate it but love to see the comments on the videos and we read every one of them and would love to, you know, engage and start having great conversations. And, you know, I think if you are long term, long, long time, long term, long time watcher, you heard us talking about the M365 Copilot uh, and some things that Microsoft wanted you to get prepared for. We covered that back in episode, mm. I want to say 289, no, 291. Anyway, um, go look it up. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll be here on the screen. It'll it'll show you which one of that was. Oh, kind of was pointy. that like an editor's note? Yes, I that was to... editor's note. Okay. Um, but yeah. we have some more information about it, Daryl, don't we? Uh, from hmm. this week and yeah, we do, and we some do. feedback from the community. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, everyone was waiting for this big day. Well, I say everyone. A lot of people that were waiting to get early access to Copilot, to start using it, to take advantage of all of these great promotional videos and showing what's possible. Yeah. They knew. They knew. Many of them knew about at least one of the hurdles, which was you needed to have an E3 and an E5 license for M365 or... Um, business standard premium, uh, standard, is there a standard premium? You know what I mean? Um, the business, business license. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but what they didn't know and, and wasn't really so well communicated, I think, was the 300 seat minimum and annual commitment, which comes out to hefty price. Uh, mm. What else was there, Daniel, that, that actually ended up being a barrier? Well, I think, um, you had to have those enterprise only um, initially, mm. and then um, you also couldn't just go into the admin center and buy it. You had to connect through your Microsoft account manager, and that was mm. a bit of a sting because what if you, as an enterprise, didn't have an account manager? Then what, what are you supposed to do now? Um, yeah. Because I think it's... It, I think a lot of people believe that every enterprise customer has an account manager. They they might, but they just don't know who they are because they've never dealt with them. Um, you know, because they've been <laughs> kind of independent and done their own thing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was a little bit of a of a uh, pain mm. point as well. Yeah, yeah. So all up, um, I think a lot of people disappointed that this general availability date <clears throat> wasn't really generally available. It was. Mm enterprise available and we had some really good thoughts from the community uh, about um why that might be the case and and you know that it is still a learning journey i mean some of my own thoughts daniel were that you know back when we went from exchange and sharepoint on prem to the first rounds of microsoft office 365 and bpos and all that it was quite a journey wasn't it uh, but it was based on learning from running these systems in different hosted environments or on your own and you know environment and and so th these services that come out like copilot new ones that have been developed um it's not like it's built off years and years of learning and mm. Copilot is is actually quite a a, um, a hungry service in terms of power. So much so that it has been talked about in media that Microsoft are investigating what do they call them? Like small scaled nuclear reactors to mm. start to power some of their yeah yeah <laughs> their data centers. I don't know if that's yeah. like true. I can't remember where they where that got, I saw rumors though, and and that mm. it may be true. I, I I don't know, but just even the Those thought job of, descriptions that were yeah were if, um, being announced. Even even if it's um, you know just rumors, it it points to the fact that um, it's not just as simple as running some tool on existing servers and saying and calling it a day. Mm. It requires yeah. additional uh, footprint and a footprint that's not small. And so, you know, this is, you know, I feel like initially a lot of people thought that this was something that would be easy and and light, a light touch that would be required to enable this. But it's just simply not the case. Um, so mm. Um, mm. 
there's a lot of work that goes into it. And there's a lot of power that is needed, both <laughs> electric power and um, processing power. And yes. uh, it is not something that, you know, is taken lightly, given obviously mm. with Microsoft's kind of rollout plan here, um, which is a bit of a pain point, especially for, I saw some people talking about um, this could, and they're just, we're doing a lot of theoretical talking now, but you know, this could kind of give per, if this uh, barrier of 300 seats remains, then could it be that organizations that get it might um, create a gap in performance, in um, ability to service their customers uh, above those yeah. that are smaller and therefore it increasing the, com the competitive gap and, um, and make basically mm. forcing smaller companies out. I think it's a little bit of uh, dramatic and I don't think it's going to be that big, but, um, or that, you know, that big of a gap, but you know, I, I think, it's just a lot of theory right now until we start, you know, using mm. it and, and how long will that, you know, what do you think? What do you think about this, Daryl? How, how long will these requirements remain or will they always be this way? 300 and have to go through account manager. And it's all tough. That mm. uh, we've seen services, you know, one near and dear to my heart, which took at least two years to come out and it's only going to become generally available at, at Microsoft ignite. Um, yeah, so that almost, that's definitely almost two years. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you know, the, it's it's going to be a case of seeing how it scales, how well it's used, um, how what what other things will they need to learn from from working with enterprises that do have teams behind them to react to certain things like um, oversharing and capacity and you know uh, what. What is it going to be like when um, a thousand people sign in? Um, I don't know near the end of the day, and they want to catch up with their email, so they all invoke this command that does a summary for their email. And you know, is there going to be like um, uh, brownout level kind of surface? <laughs> well, <dips> in? <laughs> I mean, we see we see that kind of stuff with in on the Power BI side where normal yeah. your content is in this shared capacity which is basically shared across the sites and if and if you refresh a data set that's huge and and a bunch of other mm -hmm. people do and you're on the same server then there is some delay well what happens same kind of thing here where like you yeah. said if if you're asking it to do something does it instead of it immediately giving start giving a response like you see in chat gbt and everything right now does it go it just spins right come back later or um i'll get back yeah. to you in 10 minutes uh i don't know i mean that's a lot of guessing right now and we really don't know it but, is but it it it's um unfortunately we're having to do some of that guessing because guess what we can't sign up for it uh <laughs> in our demo tenants because we don't have 300 licenses nor do we have an account yep manager. yep so yeah. um Anyway, so it's a developing story, mm -hmm. and and yeah, like Daniel said, we don't know, but um, we're hoping to hear more. Mm -hmm. uh, and until then, you'll just have to um, go through the the FOMO experience. <laughs> yeah, um, Daniel, uh, our first message, uh, and we've got a few of these on Teams this mm -hmm. week, but but what's this one? What this one about with with files and how that's changing? 
Yeah. The Files app is going away, everybody. Too bad. So sad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Microsoft <clears throat> Teams. Files app updating to OneDrive app experience in Teams. MC687207. This is something that I think is a great thing. Um, and bringing some consistency around file management and file experience is that they're updating the files app in Teams with OneDrive experience. And they're not going to rename the app, you know, so you don't have to go and go through and manage apps. You don't have to add another app and remove it. They're not deprecating or, you know, all that. They're just updating the existing one to have a OneDrive experience. Um, one thing I like to see in this message, Daryl, that I'm going to call out later on in several messages is it actually has a screenshot. So uh, we're actually able to see that uh, what the experience is going to be. It's a very familiar experience as the OneDrive for web. Uh, we get the different, um, not just, you know, the landing page, but we also get more views and the latest features that come to OneDrive will also come to the files app. Makes sense, right? I, I that I'm excited. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think you don't have to do anything from an admin perspective. You need to do something on the adoption perspective, I believe. Right? You need to have a um, uh, making sure that your users know that this is coming and it's going to have a different look. But they should be familiar with OneDrive, uh, hopefully. Mm. Um, yeah. And. Um, and you don't have to do anything as an admin and, and, and do some adoption updating a little bit. But other than that, uh, you know, I like that um, all of the features that are in the files app and teams are going to be in this. In this. So um seems like a win-win to me. Win-win. Definitely. Win. I think for consistency, for sure. What I've yeah. enjoyed seeing is, is even that... Um, what could I call it, like mini OneDrive experience when you go mm -hmm. to move and copy files, that it still feels like same structure. Mm -hmm. You're going in, you're, you're navigating to where you want those files to be, and it all feels quite familiar. So that's, yeah, that's really good. I, I like it. So targeted release rolling out mid-November 2023, late November ending. Standard release. So everybody else, late November and expected to be mid-December for the completion of that rollout. So definitely excited. Two thumbs up. Um, so, Daryl, uh, let's have a meeting about the Files app being updated, and uh, let's take some notes and maybe update it later. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nicely done. Yep. Sure. Uh, this is this is uh, Microsoft Stream, an update to Microsoft Stream, but it also is tugging on the collaborative notes feature in Teams, Teams meeting recordings, and this is MC six eight six nine one four. I think this is actually a good next progression for uh, accessing those collaborative notes and and. Um, just in, in uh, guess a quick summary, because it's actually quite a small message. And as Daniel said, it's one of those ones that doesn't have a screenshot. So we would love to see this. What does this look like? But okay, recap. Collaborative notes. It is a feature powered by Microsoft Loop. It's in Microsoft Teams. You can add collaborative notes to your meeting invite before you send it. You can start to use those collaborative notes in a meeting and take notes together in real time. Again, we'll point to a little promo of a video somewhere up here where Daniel and I stepped through and showed you a whole lot about that. 
Um, and then afterwards you can use those collaborative notes to catch up on follow-up items and, you know, open them up and planner and to-do and see what's assigned to you. Now that's all great. You know, that deals with the meeting life cycle before, during, after, but there's definitely an audience that hadn't been served so well here uh, in that, okay, I didn't attend the meeting, but I intended to, I'm going to watch the recording now. And as you're watching the recording, wouldn't it be great to be able to watch the recording and see the notes and work with those and even add to them or refine them uh, as you are watching that? So that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, the collaborative notes uh, will be available when you watch the stream video. Uh, and great, fantastic. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, we don't know what it looks like, but I will be very keen to see it in use and it's a targeted release we'll, we'll receive it in mid-november so in about a week or two's time <laughs> and standard release will begin rolling out in late january next year oh, that's so a bit close. of a delay um in between the targeted hmm. and standard i think that's that's interesting yeah very interesting yeah, it is. I don't know what that would be. Maybe the more compute power is going to co-pilot, so they're just reserving it for now. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. Um, keeping with teams, mm. uh, but but we want to get classic about it all, Daniel. Um, mm. I feel like I, I see some some hot rods driving down the road, and you know, some some. Okay. Planes. So let's let's, let's tell me about the classic stuff. Wow. Classic Teams users will be automatically updated to new teams after March 31st, 2024. MC686187. That's right. They are going to force, Microsoft is going to say, you're using Classic Teams? Well, too bad. At the end of March of next year, you will no longer be able to use Classic Teams. Asterisks and the asterisk means there's some exceptions, and we'll talk about that in a second. But um, it will. Uh, this is the sunsetting of classic teams. This is the kind of Microsoft putting a, a stake in the sand and saying, you know, no more after this. Um, so, uh, you know, I Daryl, we have talked about this previously about this whole classic teams and new teams that. And we have mm. uh, the hypothesis that, and it truly is a hypothesis, it's not necessarily informed, but it's, uh, you know, hey, you know, maybe it's that they're going to have things that rely on the new teams. So they want to push people to the new teams so that you can get these new experiences. Um, mm. You know, or I, I was thinking that maybe there's some things on the back end, compute power or something that's having to run the different services. And so they'd like to turn those off. I, I don't know. But they're really wanting you to use the new teams. <laughs> really, really. Uh, yeah. So it is um, going to be pushed out uh, to everyone after um, March 31st, 2024. Um, there are some exceptions uh, education users, the um, they have some you know information here at the bottom that, of the message saying, hey, you know, visit this page for more information on how to update you know to the new teams, um, you know, just to kind of give you a little bit of of uh, prompting there. But some exceptions to the rules will be Teams rooms and Surface Hub devices um, will will not be affected by this timeline. 
for some reason. Um, I'm guessing it's because they need to figure out some updates that they're going to push out for the new teams to be able to work on those devices. But also, they don't have new teams working in VDI environments, those virtual desktop and infrastructure environments. So it's not available, so that won't be updated to the new teams, you know, unless, I think, unless they actually get there and have it available uh, and be working there. But, but they're saying, calling it out right now, um, that it will not be affected by this timeline. So what do you think, Daryl, sunsetting of classic teams, it's going away in five months or so. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? Yeah, so I think um, I think you're right, Dan. You covered it well. It was it was that um, I think there's a lot of things that are going to be coming out to to Teams 2.0 that rely on it being 2.0, hmm. and uh, you know that's just keeping things moving forward. Uh, processing power again, and maybe this is the theme for this this week's episode. <laughs> is it's actually we're trying to gather as much of our processing power as possible for Copilot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I just imagine I used to be an admin of a in a you know with a data center and and all that, and and I could just imagine people going around going. Well, I have this much capacity and I need this much to, you know, and, and they yeah. go, trying to figure out how they're going to, I don't know. That's just in my head what they're, what I think is going to happen. Look drop. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, this, uh, we talked about the, the date, March 31st, 2024 people. So you need to come up with a plan if you're using classic teams now to switch to the new teams. It's just the way it is, or they're going to force it on you. So it's better for you to control it and have adoption activities in your organization planned by you rather than planned by Microsoft by just immediately mm -hmm. switching things over. So, um, so Daryl, if you if you have a, a meeting soon about this and you're talking about this, you know, I'd I'd really like to you know see people in their regular format of their video and in the gallery. Can can we do that in Teams? Well, what what you can do is you'll you'll be able to get used to some changes in the new gallery. Um, gallery being the area where we see people's video feeds um, appear. <clears throat> so, new Teams gallery and or new gallery in Teams meetings. It's MC six eight six two eight one. The first thing about it, so partway down the message, you'll you'll see a, a nice bullet list of things. But again, no screenshots. Um, one, one, the first one is quite interesting, Daniel. It's we 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 would have like this gallery that would often crop um, people, and a, a bit like how you and I. I mean, the audience doesn't see this now, but we are presented in a sixteen by nine thing, but we're cropped so that we can both sit side by side in the recording experience. And if if you cast your mind, people, not too far back to the last teams meeting where there was at least sort of six to nine people. Um, you were cropped. Well, um, the, the first change is all about maintaining a 16 by 9 um, ratio of, of your video feed. It's going to, like, you will see you as you would normally see yourself in the preview uh, and as you, you know, get added to a grid, that's where you'll be. That's cool. The, the next change that um, Daniel actually found quite interesting, it reminded me that didn't we do this kind of change in the other direction before? 
Uh, and it is that the audio video mixed gallery. So audio being people that have not turned their camera on and just speak and maybe their profile photos or maybe their alphabet soup um, mixed in with people that have got their video on. What we were seeing for a little while was was video being prioritized and the audio mm -hmm. people were bumped to the gallery but they weren't really that visible unless they were speaking as an active speaker, I think. Yeah. Uh, but now that there's going to be a, a better mix there where, uh, as they're saying, it is more inclusive representation. <laughs> yes. Um, meeting rooms will will have be displayed larger, so that's nice too. They won't just be the same 16 by 9, and then we're all squinting to try and see the, the 10 yeah. people that are at that elongated table but they will have a, a larger proportion of the gallery that actually that'd be interesting to see daniel like imagine having yeah like maybe maybe the people are joining from four meeting rooms and then there's a bunch of people that are, are remote will we see like a 16 by 9 take and I'm thinking grids now. Yeah, I know. Four, four squares across, <laughs> four squares across, the next two down, and right. then a row of four people underneath that. I, yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what it'll be. Uh, you know, uh, I like the idea. I just don't know how they're going to implement hmm. it, you know, in a grid view kind of thing. It shouldn't be that hard. I mean, to be honest, other platforms have done this kind of weird grid view mixed match thing i think before that i've seen mm. so uh, you know i think it i think it'll be all right i think we'll, they'll figure it out um or they have figured it out hopefully by now but i you know just like you said if if especially in a team's room where someone's in the back like and and you're like oh my gosh i yeah. can't even see who that person is so what do you do well what i do is i go and pin them for me just so i can see yeah. who it is and then um so i i like this idea um, absolutely. Uh, your own video, right? So we, we we would normally see a little preview of ourselves, and we can tuck that away sometimes uh, when needed. We're going to be in the gallery alongside everyone else. I like that because in some cases, Daniel, when my preview sits where it does, it sometimes covers over the face of someone that mm -hmm. I'm trying to engage with, yeah. you know, or content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, good to see. Good to see. Uh, and there's a few things that you'll be able to customize to gallery size, so we have a bit more control over that. Um, as an individual, you can prioritize videos for users who, who want to give higher weight to participants with their video on. You can prioritize video if you mm -hmm. want, so given the choice. Anyway, th th there's quite a few cho changes there to the gallery experience, and it's about trying to improve our experiences of meetings, so good to see they're continuing to work on that and reevaluate. There's a range of different release dates there. I don't want to read through them all, <laughs> but just that targeted release, it's December, early December, production in GCC, early January, GCC high, mid-January, DOD, late January. So yeah, between now and January, February, it'll all be all be happening. Um, Daniel, Daniel, um this one's quite interesting. Like we've had some things coming to the SharePoint experience that have been all about trying to make it easier for us to create content in a templated mm -hmm. way. But what's happening here with uh, with a new kind of template? Yeah, this is SharePoint out of the box document library templates MC six eight six two seven eight, 
And this is talking about document library templates in that, you know, you could pick templates to create a document library from, but there's also some other stuff here. Uh, so want to talk about that. So first the three templates. So when you go to create a template, a, a document library, Hey, look, a screenshot, everybody. Uh, so uh, you can see it. Yes. Uh, we create a blank library, which will, you know, it is basically the same uh, experience for a library that we get now uh, from an existing library. I'll come back to that in a second because that's the template. It's talking about template, but it's not really template because then the three templates, media library, invoices, and learning. And this will create a library with some uh, columns for you to you know, to give you a head start on uh, utilizing those type of resources in the library. The from existing library allows you to point to a document library that's already in on the site and say, I want to basically create another one of those. Uh, it doesn't create, and there's a nice bold comment, please note that data will not copy over, only the structure will. Uh, so it's not going to copy the files, it'll just create the structure for you. Um, I, I definitely know some experiences that it would be great to copy those, you know, from an existing library. Mm. Um, and so I'm loving that that's a capability. Um, there's also flows that are created um, that uh, that you can have. You could skip them if you want to, but in the media library and invoices templates, it does come with prepackaged flows um, that you can include if you would like. And I, I suggest you include it just to test see what they're like and see if you want to, to utilize those. Um, so I think overall, I, you know, that's, this is good for use in users to be able to get started, you know, with going fast, right? Like, Hey, I want to document library that's, mm. you know, learning, um, you know, maybe this is about, and I think, you know, this is more in the education space, uh, but all, uh, organizations has an education component. Uh, whether you formalize it or not. So um, all organizations has, you know, adoption campaigns or learning or whatever. So uh, you could utilize this. However, um, the negative side to this, <laughs> not negative, but uh, for those that might be thinking, um, well, what about all these columns? Can you centrally manage these? No, right? This is kind of enabling you to create a bunch of libraries that have their own columns, uh, for this metadata that isn't site columns. This isn't managed metadata at all, right? And so we're going to be creating all these document libraries. You know, think about if you go and create um, five invoices, document libraries on one site because you want different types of invoices maybe. Um, but one of those columns is going to be uh, customer name or something. Well, wouldn't it be great if all of those customer names was driven by a, man, a managed metadata column, which means you can manage it centrally with all your customer names? Mm. Well, you're not going to have that. Uh, you're going to have to manually set that up if you want to. Um, so just consider that, you know, when you're out there creating a bunch of document libraries with these templates, you know, there's still some setup that might need to be done in a uh, more mature kind of information architecture environment. Um, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, hit us up in the comments or on all the socials that matter at 365 MCS and let's have a conversation about it. 
Um, so would love to, to talk to you about that. So um, rolling out targeted release early November. So I don't know, yesterday-ish of <laughs> uh, standard release mid-November. Uh, so everybody should be getting it this month. Uh, so pretty soon within a, you know, a week or two, uh, be getting it. So, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, but with that, some yeah. caveats there of some remember information architecture people, please. Uh, so, uh, yep. speaking of, uh, managing files, uh, can I please manage mm. files without the OneDrive sync client, sir, offline? Uh, in my why would you want to do that? Daniel, it's actually, built into I windows. Really I really don't celebrate that. <laughs> Lean into it. Sheesh. Offline mode in OneDrive for web. MC686277. There's a trend. There seems to be a trend. Hmm. Where we're starting to build more into uh, progressive web apps. And for those who don't know what that is, it's basically the web experience of an application, but presented to you like it's an application on your machine. You can do this with, with a number of different browsers. I like this site. Install it as a an app, please. Uh, and Outlook has been at the forefront of this. Uh, we are about to get uh, the new Outlook, and a number of us have been using it, where it is very much like working out of Outlook on the web. Well, it looks like the next thing off the rank is going to be OneDrive. That... OneDrive, the web app, as we've just seen earlier in the show, uh, it looks great in Teams, and it's consistent in different places as well when we're using it. And I think as part of this story, uh, it is about um, trying to make that more functional so that you can use it for accessing offline files. How about that? So th there was a, a OneDrive... Uh, event earlier in the year and it, it went through some of these great things that are going to be coming to OneDrive. This was certainly one that they were talking about and the the goal here is that you'll be able to install OneDrive as a progressive web app, which I've actually done experimentally, Daniel. It kind of works quite well. Uh, but going further than that, that if you were to choose, I want to keep this file on my machine so I can access it while I'm offline uh, you will be able to go to that progressive web app and still access that file and you can make your changes locally and when you come back online it'll synchronize back. The big question here though is why? Why would you do that no. when you've already got a OneDrive client that's built into your operating system or maybe it's been installed as part of of Office? Daryl, that's exactly what's on my mind and I'm sitting here like why are we even covering this message? Is this even a thing? Because we talk about these messages and we go, is this a thing? Mm -hmm. Should we talk about this? Why are we talking about this, Daryl? It works on my machine. Why does anybody need to use OneDrive for web in an offline mode? Hmm. Well, look, Daniel, I think um, we talked about this, about being more consistent with that OneDrive experience. And we're making a lot of assumptions here, but hey, this is what we're about. We're about analysis <laughs> and drawing from all of our years of experience. That's right. <laughs> you know, I've been an M365 uh, uh, expert for 20 years. Oh, have um, you? Impossible, by the way. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, maybe, maybe we're going to see some changes, some significant changes to the way that the um, inbuilt OneDrive app sync client works. That at the moment it's very, very 
Explorer heavy. It's all about I go to my folders on my local machine and I can, you know, synchronize stuff here and it feels like a drive and I can choose to create shortcuts and all that. I mean, great. That's cool. That's cool. But I think what what we're probably seeing is, is a story being built out that that's great, but I think we can do better. I think we can make even that more consistent mm. so that it's not as tied to Explorer. What do you think about that prediction? I... I think maybe that is um it, I think that could be true and I, and when, if you think about also for instance another app that is a progressive web app which is the lists the Microsoft lists app mm. and it uses a syncing technology right to sync back when you make edits um you know this idea of having this this database basically on your machine that mm. the the progressive web app will use when in offline to kind of you know store the information and then sync it when you're back online uh it may present it to be a a more consistent experience for not just OneDrive PWA but could be all the PWAs uh in the office lists and outlook and everything I don't know um that, I mean it most certainly could be that they're just trying to make it um, be a, a better experience that's more consistent. And if so, then does that mean we are theorizing that the OneDrive Sync app is going away eventually and would be replaced by this? Because I can see it being a bit confusing. You, I'm running Windows 11. I have the... Um, OneDrive sync app, and then I'm using this PWA. So, is it actually syncing the same file mm. twice and, and having yeah, two copies? Would. And I think it would. And so, yeah. that's a terrible experience for users. So, um, mm. you know, and there seems to be some issues with the sync app on certain OSs that are not named Windows, uh, right? Well, which which ones would those be, Daniel? Um, the Casio I don't know. calculator. Yeah, maybe some Linux ones. Some Texas Instruments, something. <laughs> so Mac yeah. OS has a bit of issues sometimes with with uh, the OneDrive Sync app, right? So, right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe. Perhaps, perhaps that's a personal experience. <laughs> we talked about this, Daniel. It was in confidence. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. hurt. Oh, mm. God. <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> um, I look. I think that uh, that could be the story. Could be the story. Uh, it's fun to make predictions, mm -hmm. but I, I know that by by putting more effort into the progressive web experience, there's there's uh, advantages of being able to develop faster, build things in that are all more sure. web powered. Uh, yeah, what do you need to do to prepare? Evaluate the new functionality and try it out. See if mm. you want to leverage it. Um, yeah, but at the moment, it sort of feels like it would be an early adopter thing of people trying it and seeing. How might it be helpful? Mm. I'd do it because I quite like the, the OneDrive web client. Mm. I quite like how that works. But I don't know. Um, I actually don't actually use offline files too much because I'm not offline much. <laughs> I, I use it yeah. on my on my laptop quite a bit when traveling. But, um, okay, yeah. But, it, you know, if you're not traveling and you're just working, 
you know, from your desk, from your mm. home or office or whatever, you know, then it may not be that big of a deal. Um, but mm. it, you know, this is something I think it is for those people who are traveling or they are going to take their computer on vacation with them and work for some reason. I don't know. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. it was things like that. So, yeah. Standard release bring begin gradually rolling out mid November. So next week and expect to be complete January, 2024. So to be available, mm-hmm. if you to try it out. Indeed. This last one is a bit like our first one where mm-hmm. it isn't a message in the message center, but Daniel, there was a discussion about some changes in SharePoint. Indeed. And, and this is something that, um, wasn't in the message center. It is some changes that have been made when it comes to creating SharePoint team sites. So we all know when you, well, maybe we all don't, but those of us that have been creating uh, SharePoint team sites uh, for the longest time, you, the homepage is called home.aspx. That's the actual um, URL of the homepage and that's in the site pages. Um, well, now it has been pushed out and, and you may not have it yet, but I do in my demo tenant, my, that is uh, target a release set. Um, you, when you go and create a team site and select a template, which is something that's presented to you immediately, let's add a template. Um, then it's going to create a new homepage for you, a new name, uh, that, uh, and it sticks it in there for you and makes that your homepage. So if you click the standard team, the new page is collab home.aspx. Um, for instance, there's, there's different names for each one of them. So there's a, a write-up by Mark Anderson. Uh, the D is silent. That's the way I say it in my mind. He, he labels, like on his side, he's like Mark D, middle initial, Anderson. But uh, anyway, I don't know. That was I'm going on a tangent there. I, but I say the D is silent because I never say it. Anyway. Well, Anderson. Is it uh, Mark Anderson? No, the D in the middle. Anyway, you're right. Oh, oh uh, anyway, okay. um, the uh, he has uh, detailed this. Well, um, you know, you'll see it there on the screen that he has um, shown this, and there's a table on this on the page that describes the page name for the new template, and uh, when you apply the template, the the key here I think is just to know that when you apply a new template. Yes, you're getting, it changes things like navigation on the site. Um, it has this new page, absolutely. Uh, and uh, it, it can create new lists or libraries. It can rename things. But um, here's the thing. You've already got your site set up maybe and you pay, you know your homepage set up. You, cl- you apply this template. Now you have a new homepage. It's going to have none of the, the content from your previous homepage on it. Right. This is a new template. So, you know, um, if you apply a template and remember, you can apply a template over a template, over a template, over a template, if you want. Um, then if you edit a homepage, so if you edit uh, collab home.aspx for the standard team, and then you go apply training course, well, none of the content from collab home is going to training home.aspx. So you, you'll have to, you know, if you want Go in and edit the links and add all those links that you have added over there or whatever. Um, 
it makes sense when you're adding a new template, you're wanting a new experience. That's the whole point. But just know mm. that that's a little bit of a gotcha, that it's not copying over anything. Now, those... It's not taking your content and no. making it look like the template for you. Okay. Right. Um, now, the mm. the existing content's still there. It's not deleting anything. And that's something that is... Yeah. That has been very, made very clear, um, you know, the, the product team and presentations by Kathy Dew and others. Hey, this is not destructive in that it's not deleting your home page. It's still there. So in my scenario, I was just describing, you could go back to Collab Home, just type it in or go into the site contents and get to it. And then copy, you know, recreate side by side onto the, the new home page. And, and so it's not deleting it. It's just a little bit. You got to know this. And it's something you mm. tell your users. You add a new template. Hey, your home page is getting taken over by that template. So it won't look anything like what you had before. Um, it makes sense in that way. But um, these new names are were kind of, they weren't announced. It wasn't put out there wasn't in a message center post um and you know daryl i think that's why we wanted to highlight it was this could have some impact it's not just new ones it's now ones you know you go and add one of these yeah. templates onto a onto a site and it's this is exactly what's going to happen for you yeah yeah well uh, look thank you mark and community for raising it and letting us know and Absolutely. worth talking about for sure but that was our last non-message message <laughs> from the 365 Message Center show. It has been a longer episode this week because we've had quite a bit to talk about. But hopefully we have entertained and informed you. Hopefully. Uh, so that you will want to come back and bring a friend. Bring a friend, people. Uh, let them know about the <laughs> show and the channel. Have them subscribe. Give us a thumbs up below. Uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. But. But what we'd really like to do for you to do also is give us a comment down below. Uh, let's have a conversation about yeah. what we talked about or what we didn't talk about. Uh, and, and uh, of course, hit us up on the socials. Thank you very much. Thank you, Daryl, for being my wonderful co-host. You're amazing. Or am I your co-host? I don't know. But it's been amazing. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And until next time, an episode 310. We bid you adieu. Adieu to you and you and you. Bye. <laughs>